Welcome to the Marketing Intern Spotlight. A marketing intern is a listener who's spreading our message authentically. Hear their story, their passion, and their journey. Enjoy. We're doing it live. Andy Vitale, how are we doing today? Doing great. Happy to be here. Oh, so excited. Finally having you on the show. I know, finally. Yes. This is a long time coming for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, given that, uh, just a little background for the marketing interns. Annie is uh, one of the most highly sought marketing interns in uh, Back Pocket LLC. She's a top tier marketing intern, if not the top. I'm honored. Top of the I would top, say top of the, the list. Yeah. She designed this shirt. She okay. designed our logo. Mm-hmm. She is the reason why we have some brand awareness. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, of course. I guess we should just get, would you like to um, kind of give our marketing interns a little bit of background about yourself? Oh, yeah, sure. Please. So um, where do I start? Minnesotan gal, still water. Yep, grew up, born and raised in Minnesota. Went to a really small high school, graduated with I think like 75 kids. From there, found my way over to St. Thomas. And that's um, when, we're, when we come into play. Yep. Freshman mm-hmm. year, I think I met both of you guys. Us knuckleheads being, yeah. being true knuckleheads. Us eight, 17, 18-year-olds. <laughs> I don't think I looked any different than what I do now as like a freshman. I wasn't able to grow a beard. I was going to say, I don't think Declan's mustache was quite as... It, I, I don't want to even say impressive, but yeah. quite as there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. you've like really not liked my mustache. There's, I've had like maybe ten people give me feedback, and you are the one who, like, most people are like, get that shit off your face. But you're more so just like, that looks so bad, you know. It's kind of like the whole dumpy pants thing. Mm, okay. I don't know if we want to. No, we do. Of, yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah, we so, do need to explain dumpy pants also. So I have to give my sister most of the credit for this one. Okay. Marketing intern Maria Vitali, and mm. um, she just one day was like what is up with this epidemic with guys having dumpy pants and it's basically like your pants just aren't fitting right they're a little saggy in areas where they just shouldn't be saggy and Declan was one of like the main culprits of the dumpy pant if there was a poster saying dumpy pant dumpy pants awareness Declan I'm afraid you might have been mm-hmm. on that poster but um we brought awareness to it a while ago on the podcast mm-hmm. like last year and um Ever since then, Declan has been dump-free, basically. Awareness goes along with Yeah. That also makes me think, this is not your first time on the show. This is my second time. Your second time. I completely forgot I was, the dance team one. I was called in one time. Yes. For, for uh, uh, Connor Johannes' uh, Let's Talk Business. Let's Talk Business. When he was an engineer trying to be a business major. And then you had the dan- the whole dance team on, all 28 <laughs> of the dance members. Broke, a Guinness, 20. Yeah. Broke yeah. a Guinness World Record for most people, most dance team members in a podcast room. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. pretty impressive. So that that is a perfect opportunity. Annie was on the dance team for four years. Yeah. And three national championships. Three national championships. In jazz or hip-hop? Three in hip-hop. Three in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. That, let's talk about that for a little bit. Okay, yeah. so coming in freshman year. Yeah. You wanted to be on the dance team. Was that like initially like something that motivated you? To... So that was like my main draw to St. Thomas, basically. And like when I was deciding on colleges, I was deciding between St. Thomas and Madison. And um, I was like so stuck. I'm a super indecisive person. So I was kind of like, I'll try it for both dance teams and like hopefully I'll make one and then I'll just go to that school. Like I kind of wanted the decision to be made for me. And then... I ended up making both dance teams. Mm. Found out the same day that I made both teams. Oh my gosh. 
And I had to decide within like 24 hours what school I was going to. And being the indecisive person I was, that was really yeah. a challenge. So what, what kind of led you this direction? St. Thomas versus the other one? Yeah, well, I don't know. I just kind of like pictured myself on both campuses and definitely just saw myself, you know, fitting in better at St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like more of like that community feel and aspect, I guess. So Right on. Yeah, anyways, chose St. Thomas, so yeah, that was a huge draw, was the dance team. Um, and that's right away, like fall is dance season? or is, did, We did started you... in summer, so okay. oh, in wow. July, right like right after the 4th of July, we started training. Okay. Um, so yeah. So you was... kind of had your niche already going mm-hmm. in, you had a little community come the fall season, it's still kind of warming up, getting ready for January. Yeah. January is, is when... like our big push, like okay. right after Christmas, that's when we get ready for nationals. And what was that like as a freshman? Well, so this is an interesting story. I don't know if I've ever, I've ever shared this with you guys, but so you can only dance 16 people at nationals on stage, and we had 20 on our team. So you have to cut four people from each dance. Mm. And usually they try to make it so, like, someone dances, like everyone gets to dance at least one dance, but right. I actually got cut from both dances oh, my Lord. freshman year. Yeah, and I don't know if I've ever, like, I didn't make a big deal of it, didn't really share it with anyone because I was super, like, embarrassed about it. Sure. And, now like looking back on it it was like definitely like an experience or like a time for me to grow and it was actually like a really cool experience for me because I realized that like even though I wasn't out there dancing like I had to find a different way to add like value to the team and I did that by like just like really like supporting everyone Mm -hmm. and um, all the girls on the team like after nationals were like we couldn't have done this without you like we were out there like dancing for you because we knew how much you wanted to be out there and we knew like how supportive you were of all of us throughout the season and they're like it would have been so easy for you to be like super bitter and you know just like not want to participate Mm -hmm. and um there were times when like I felt that way and I just didn't want to be there at all but you know you kind of got to put on a face and just like be there for people and I know they appreciated that like so much and um that's something that like I tried to like keep with me like through all four years on the team and then um just like being inspirational people and like you know whatever way I could and then I actually won the most inspirational team member this past season that led to your senior year achievement nice which like I don't know if I would have been in that position if that hadn't happened to me and um so in a way like I'm kind of thankful for that 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 gave me like an opportunity Mm -hmm. to be like an inspiration to people you know and that's really cool I mean because when you get put in a situation like that it's not the easiest coming from you're probably dancing all through high school and just right. kind of like yeah. being like one of the one of the best on the team if not the best right and then you get to freshman year and we experience the same thing on the football field mm-hmm. it's like whoa everyone's really good here and then something happens where like you get cut from a dance you're not starting on the Saturday games um, and it's like what do you do like am I bad now you don't have to look at it that way you right. can look at it as the like like you just explained that growth opportunity yeah mm-hmm. and just like you can add value to whatever situation you are in you're in wherever you are whatever circumstances you have like you can still find a way to add value and um really inspire other people i think no matter no matter where you're at right on love where you're taking it yeah. and uh one thing that really sticks out to me right away is like the selflessness that you have to have to really make the most of that situation right um, cause like Andrew said, we were in the same sort of position and it's all about how you respond, not necessarily what you're given to be like to start mm-hmm. with. And, uh, it's cool to see that you grew, you know, from year one to year four, it all came back around full circle. 
now you're sitting in this position where like you ought for the marketing interns and you might not say this because you know you're super humble but like annie's a genius she had a 4.0 gpa in college no, it wasn't a 4.0 she had a 4. i got it i got a minus okay one a minus. <laughs> one a minus okay so that just but it was fun. in the coolest class i took and so okay again I mean, three point eight or whatever, yeah. and we'll round up to four. Three point nine eight. Three point nine. Yeah, oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And, but anyways, mm-hmm. you're you you crush it, and oh, now nice. you're sitting here um, after day one of your job, and you're yeah. in grad school at St. Thomas. So tell us a little bit about like um, everything that you learned from like dance and St. Thomas, because you obviously did great there. How are you turning that into success and stuff that you're doing now? Yeah. Well. It's been kind of a long journey because I graduated and I think I was so focused on graduating and like I just naturally just hold myself to really high standards. So like getting those grades and um, just focusing so much on graduation that like I didn't know at all what I wanted to do after I graduated. And um, so graduation came around and afterwards, like all my like lots of my friends are out there, you know, with their real world jobs making tons of money and with their I, podcasts yeah. just getting on all <laughs> kinds of guests but i kind of was like really frustrated with myself for a while because i'm like all right like you accomplished so much during your like collegiate career and now here i am just sitting there like what do i do with this like mm-hmm. what do i do with um all this knowledge that i learned and all this hard work i put in and i had absolutely no idea and um I majored in art history, for those of you who don't know, which is, like, so random, but I've just always loved art and had, like, a really good experience with it, and um, so I knew I wanted to pursue something with that, but it's it was really hard for me to find my niche and exactly what I wanted to do, so um, towards the end of summer, I actually sat down with one of my professors who, she's the head of the art history department, she was my advisor, um, her name's Victoria Young, she actually listens to the podcast, nice. and yeah. We've been um, to get her on. Yeah, she's she's awesome. But anyway, so I kind of um, sent her an email and was like, I'm just still so lost. I don't know what I want to do. Um, can I come talk to you? So I went and I talked to her and kind of like got all my thoughts aligned. And towards the end, I was like, did you know that you always wanted to teach? Did you know you always wanted to be a professor? And she was like, yeah, I think like deep down, like I always knew. And I was like, I feel like I might want to do that someday. And like I have this passion for art. But I also have this passion for helping people and um, kind of helping them find their value. And I looked back on all the people who are really influential to me in my life. And they were, most of them were my teachers and like my art and my art history teachers, both in mm-hmm. high school and in college. So, and also my mom, who's a teacher and some of like my dance teachers. And I was like, well, all these people have had such like a profound impact on me. I want to provide that for other people too. So I was like, why don't I go into like art education? Um and be like a teacher someday or working like museum programming uh with educational programs helping students and stuff like that so um I was talking to Victoria and I was like yeah well I probably should go get my master's if I'm like thinking of teaching eventually and I'm like I don't know when I want to go back and she's like you should just go back now and I was like okay I'll apply for spring semester she's like no apply for fall and that wasn't like I think I there was like four days until classes started and I was like what and she's like we'll make it happen apply tonight We'll get everything set up. So I applied. I got accepted. And four days later, there I was. In, in grad school. In grad school. Wow. So, yeah, it was not um, the path I expected. But um, I think it's a really good fit for me right now. I really like learning. Mm-hmm. I've always loved learning. I love school. 
and like I said like I've had a really good like really good relationships with my teachers and I know like a lot of people haven't had that experience so I want to be able to provide that for other people going forward so then yeah. yeah and then I applied for a job at the Walker um it's a contemporary art museum up here in uptown mm-hmm. and um got that job it's part-time which is great for me going to school because and that job entails teaching as well yes it does so I kind of ended up with all this like teaching stuff I'm also a dance, dance teacher, teacher yeah and um I've always like liked kids but never like considered myself like a kids person you know but I started teaching dance and I absolutely love it like I love working with the kids and it keeps you involved Um, with something that you've been doing your whole life yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and how um, old are the kids by the way I teach kids ages three through 18 oh wow so So I have all the kids such a variety Mm, that's yeah yeah but I enjoy it I love it that's awesome. I, I saw a video the other day of you, and I think it was neither near Halloween. I can't remember if they were dressed up or not, but they, it was just a madhouse in there. And oh you, you have to, like, reel them in. Cause yeah. Because three, like, you're, you're coaching group dance for three-year-olds. I mean, I don't know how that you can even do that in any, like, being a teacher in general with three-year-olds. That's just utter mayhem. I didn't even know three-year-olds could dance, to be honest with you. Like, if you were asked me, like, what age do people start dancing? Yeah, when did you start dancing? Yeah. I was probably around three. That's crazy. I that's so nuts. Too, yeah. And, you, and, they, and they're able to, like, actually organize something, or is it kind of just, like, a free-for-all? It's, like, a constructed free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Good way so, to put it. Yeah. Okay. So... With that all being said, you're off to a great start post-college, now getting back into college, graduate. Exactly. That's good stuff. Let's get into the back pocket, little core concepts here. You know the drill at this point. Annie Vitale, what is your average quality? Ah, yeah. So I've been thinking about this one, knew this one was coming. Um, I think I have a lot of average qualities, but um, one of my most average qualities is portion control Mm. when it comes to food. (laughs) Here's my deal. So... My family calls me the picker because I go and I like, there'll be like a whole pan of like, I don't know, brownies or something. Like I love, I have the biggest sweet tooth and I'll go and I'll like cut one like in fourths and I'll take like the fourth. I'm like, oh, just have a little bite. Then I go back and I have the other fourth and then I have the half and then I have a whole nother one. And then before you know it, it's just yeah. like half the pan is gone and they're like, where did it go? That's phenomenal. And like, that was me. That's how I got my nickname. Um. Big Ann mm, from big my Ann. from my cousins. Yep, yep. We, we brought it back. It's the Carboni's effect. Yeah, it's the cut. It's cutting a pizza into small slices, and you don't realize how much you can eat. I exactly, mean, and it's just too delicious to stop. So you have a little bit, and you're like, "Oh, that was great," and mm-hmm. I, but like it was only just a little bit. I right. can have a little bit more. Oh, it's too funny. I'm the uh, I'm the picker in a different sense where I just did this yesterday. I went to Cub Food. Shout out to Cub Food, great place, and. There are just so many deals flying around that probably aren't that great, you know. I go into the frozen pizzas aisle, and it's like, what? Jack's Pizza? Four for $10? And I'm just like, well, might as well get four pizzas, you know. I'll eat four pizzas in the next year. Then I'll go over In the next week. In the next week, you know, whatever. Test me. Um, I go into the uh, soup aisle. Chunky soup, four for six dollars. You kidding me? Absolutely. It's soup season. It's soup season. (laughs) It's soup like a hundred percent. So I of course hit that up. Um, so I'm just always like hoarding. I I bought the whole store by the time I was done for like seventy eight dollars. But it's like I'm gonna be eating like very specifically for like the next two weeks. Just picking and grabbing, finding those little different meals. Absolutely. But uh, I I love that the picker. 
And he, uh, so, so is our like potluck dinners super hard for you? Yeah. Just Honestly, a lot, like, a lot I, just, of I can't stop myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, yeah. It's the Italian yeah. in us. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, whenever I was growing up, there's just, like, ample food everywhere. And so it's like, how could you not just, like, keep eating? You know, my parents were like, oh, make sure your, pa- your, your plate is clean, you know? So. Yes. Clean plate club. Yeah. Being Italian, it all revolves into that. Now she's the picker. Now I'm the picker. I like, uh, <laughs> here's a really cool question. Um, and I feel like a lot of art history majors or maybe even people that um, are kind of on the outside looking in, like what, how does an art history um, major get a job? You know, because yeah. there are, I've, I saw this question, I think on Homie, where the, someone asked like, how does an art history t- uh, or how does a history major get a job? Mm. Um, and I think that's the perfect question for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were in the super like limbo area, but now you've like really um, defined yourself. So could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, well... Art history is a very, like, interdisciplinary field, which I think people don't really understand. They're like, why do you like art history so much? And I'm like, it combines so many different aspects of life, I guess, in general. And um, art just in general tells you so much about people and about cultures and societies, which is really cool. But um, the way it's, like, the class and stuff are structured is, like, you know, there's a theme for the class, but you can kind of pick your own, like, your own subject you know and kind of add how you want to analyze things so you can look at it from like an economic approach or like a post-colonial approach like looking at how like people colonize you know like you can take all these different aspects and add it together I guess to analyze art um so you can really take it in a lot of different ways I feel like which is interesting so you know some people go into like art restoration which you actually need like a lot of like chemistry and science for working on like restoring artworks you have to be like very knowledgeable about Mm -hmm. what type of like things you can use to clean certain artworks you're working with these materials that are like hundreds and thousands of years old and you can't destroy them so you have to have like knowledge of all these like chemical like reactions and stuff like that so that's then like a field where you would use like science and art together Mm -hmm. um you can go what else can you do you can work in a museum You can do, like, public outreach in a museum, which is working more with people. So if you were someone who likes, like, communications, you could do something with that. Um, And then there's, like, opportunities to obviously, like, do research and stuff, too. So as for how you get a job, you just kind of have to figure out what you want and, I guess, make connections in that field. Mm -hmm. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it depends. It's different for everyone. There isn't really one set way to do it, I feel like. One of the coolest things I think about art history is the almost forced, but like absorption, absorption of culture. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you you have to learn about so many cultures to learn about art. So mm-hmm. it's like you have, you have to travel. You have to like literally open your eyes to everything and see right. how like back in the 1800s when that was, well, kind of art pre, um, like BC art, like yeah. you, you are learning about everything. And I mean, that's history in general, but art has its own little twist on it. I think that's a really right. cool aspect. Especially like architecture too. That's what I'm really interested in studying because you, everyone, whether you like it or not, you interact with and encounter architecture every single day. And um, it says so much about a society. Like when you look at like our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., that was all designed in this um, neoclassical style. So when everyone came over here and we were building our building this new capital to represent our nation, they didn't 
build it in the styles of their countries they were coming from. They chose to build it in the style of like Greek and Roman empires, which are some of the most powerful empires in the world. Mm. So as a culture, we wanted to reflect that powerful empire. And that was like our statement, like we want to be like those empires. So we're going to build architecture that looks like theirs, you know? So that just says so much about the kind of nation. The mindset. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, just by looking at buildings. So like, it's so hard for me to like look at buildings and not be like, what, what is trying to be said here, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's super cool though. There's so much you can learn and so much. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what it really comes down to is like, the, I think what fascinates me is the story behind all of it. Like mm-hmm. what really got me there was like, yeah, we came over here and we built something that was new. Right. And yeah, we could definitely unpack that and understand, but it's so cool that it's not, it's not only just the surface of Christopher Columbus sailing the ocean blue. It's in the structures. It's in the people. It's in the territories that we um, took over and started. You know, all yeah. these. It, it's in everything, which is so cool. Um, another cool, just side architecture note is this house, mm-hmm. the house right next to us, and the house kitty corner from us was all one house designed by a famous architect. Architect. Was it really in the in uptown? It was all connected. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was really. His, I didn't this know was that. His house. And then they ended up splitting them up and then renovating them, each one individually. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And that's something cool, too. It's like architecture outlasts people. So, like, that's one way, like, societies leave their mark is through their buildings. Mm -hmm. And one of our roommates, Matt Christensen's dad, did, like, a tour and was, like, um, of a building that kind of was, like, built the same way of us, of this building, of our house. And was able to tell that story that you're exactly like talking about through the structure, and you could tell like people there were servants here that lived in the house by mm-hmm. the way the door frames and doors have been removed, and this and the way the kitchen is set up next to the kitchen uh, or the dining room, and every little piece like you're it's everything's like full circle in the sense of that architecture told the story of why it was built in this certain formation and. Uh, and now we're living in that today. It was like, this is like not the purpose of what it was supposed to be used, but we right. moved it into our own kind of unique way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have another question. Um, so Andrew mentioned like you did a ton of traveling, which you went, you've been to Italy. How many, where else have you been by the way? I've only been to Italy. I only went Italy. twice. Okay. I went once in high school. That's when I like started to um, really, really be interested in art and art and history. Cause okay. I came back and I just couldn't look at anything the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, my eyes were just open to, like, the way you interact with, like, the built environment in, like, such a different way that I was like, well, I want to learn way more about this. But then, yeah, I went back for um, this past spring to research a church that I was doing my senior thesis on. That's and so did awesome. you apply for something like that? Or did your teacher, like, this is a great thesis, we have a program that you make can get you out there kind of thing? So I, like, presented my thesis to my advisor and she was like, well, if you'd like to go there and see the church, there's a process to apply for a grant where you would, um, the school would fund you to fly out there and see the church in person, which that's kind of the only way you can fully get um, a read on a piece of architecture, I feel like, is if you're actually in it, participating you're immersed, with it. Yeah, you're it, fully yeah. immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I applied for a grant and the university gave it to me which was awesome super thankful for that shout out saint thomas and um so yeah i was able to fly over there and what was that like so you're a week there and Mm -hmm. you're it's it's a little bit of vacation obviously because you're in a new country and Mm -hmm. you have a little free time but also you're there kind of as like a professional 
and yeah. you're doing like real research, um, yeah. but in kind of a student way. What was that like? Um, well, it was really, really cool because my family is Italian and I actually got to go out there with my mom. School mm. didn't pay for her, but um, uh, so we spent three days in Florence, which was more just like for fun. Sure. And then um, went to Venice for three or four more days. Um, Venice was where the church I was studying was. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were in Venice, I spent a ton of time on site there. Uh, I attended mass at the church, and then there was an organ service where they were, you know, like playing music. Uh, attended that too, and then just spent a ton of time walking around, noticing like every single little detail. And I wanted to make sure I was super thorough and really getting the most out of this because the university paid for me to go over there. Right. And they're expecting me, like, when I come back to provide something meaningful for them. So it was kind of a little bit of pressure because uh, I wanted to obviously show them that it was worth their time and money to send me over there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was a really awesome experience, and I loved being back there. I just think travel in general is so important. And we talked about this on the Stationary Astronaut podcast a little bit of just how it gives you such a different perspective on where you are in your your kind of day-to-day activities. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything particular, like when you went over there um, for this grant, for this project, was there anything particular that you're like, wow, that, I can never look at anything the same? Gosh, I don't know. Or maybe, sorry to take your question away no, from you, okay. but it was kind of like, uh, maybe kind of led you to figuring out the summer and then grad school was there something that was like oh inspiration yeah something that kind of stood stood with you at at once you got back oh gosh i don't know i guess it just like really just continued to like ignite my passion for art reaffirmed and Mm -hmm. um especially architecture i love studying it i think it's amazing um but yeah i think the writing process for art history papers research papers are it's very tedious very long tons of reading tons of research um like you're always finding new sources and then you're looking through sources to find something then you don't end up finding what you're looking for so it can be very like cumbersome um, very tedious so going over there was really refreshing to have like a new outlook on it it was like it was kind of like okay this is why you're doing this Mm -hmm. you know there's a reason for it it's Mm -hmm. not the books it's it's more than that so right on yeah so when you're in those situations because you're in grad school and you're obviously back in the art history um, routine Mm -hmm. what's in your back pocket in the sense of when you have to get a paper done and it's midnight and it's due um, at 8 a.m or in those situations what is what kind of mental attribute do you rely on to uh help you get get it done all right so i have two is that Ooh, okay? That's great. I have yeah. one that's kind of funny. Let's is that do okay? It. Yes. Okay. So I took Latin for seven years and I have a good knowledge of like Latin root words and it comes in super handy with art history. Mm. Um, there are like there's words like, um, for example, perambulate and um, comes from the Latin word per, which is through and then ambulare, which is to walk. So to walk through. And when you get into a church and there's um, this thing called an ambulatory, and I'm like, okay, what's an ambulatory? You know, I'm reading through these things. And I'm like, okay, well, that kind of like comes from the English word perambulate, which means to walk through. And an ambulatory is um, the area around a church that you walk. And a lot of times you say the different like stations of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you walk around that area on the outside. So I'm like, oh, perambulate, like you walk through this 
ambulatory. So, you know, like stuff like that comes in like super handy or um, churches are a lot of times designed in this cruciform structure and you're like, okay, that's kind of like the Latin word crux, which means cross and the church is in the shape of a cross. Like if you're looking at it from the top, so you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like it makes sense, you know? So that's something that like you can... I can go through and like analyze that stuff and not have to constantly be going into like dictionary.com and be like, what does this mean? Yeah. So like your Latin is always in your back pocket. It's in my back pocket and yes. it comes in handy in the most random like yes. places, which That's is so super cool. cool. That's so cool. Um, also something on a little more serious note, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just always look around or not look around, but just think of how grateful I am to be where I am you know even in the struggle Mm -hmm. um, just knowing that you grow so much from struggles like some of the people that that I know that are like the most wise most knowledgeable are the people who have like been through the most so I consider it there's like a bible verse that's like consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of any kind because the testing of your faith produces perseverance Mm. it's like James one three or something, but um, we won't hold you to the fire on that. <laughs> something like that. Um, but just knowing that when it says like consider it pure joy to be facing trials, and I'm okay. Like how can you be joyful when like facing trials and just realizing like how grateful you are to be where you are today. For me, like when I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to do, I'm just like okay. Well, I'm so grateful. Like I have had this great education. I have all these like really supportive people around me. I'm facing like a struggle, but I know I'm not always going to be in the struggle. And I know that I can use this later down the road when maybe someone else is struggling and I can tell them about my experience and how I overcame it and use it to like help someone else too. So I think that's kind of a way just to like be grateful and kind of find joy in the struggle if you yes. can, you know? Yeah. Those are two. I love this question because it brings out like kind of your mindset and also like some really cool tidbit about yourself that we, you don't ever you don't hear about someone all the time and, and how similar it is to like our own mindset mm-hmm. yes. of this back of the back pocket i mean we just talked about it last week mm-hmm. or earlier this week and the fact that like don't take anything for granted and your the mindset of just having the joy in the trials like that's a great way to put it mm-hmm. we didn't put it that way but that's a great way <laughs> yes. yeah. to uh to verbalize it mm-hmm. i love that well said and now another question that kind of sim- like floats right similar to what the back pocket's about. What does it mean to you to be a marketing intern? Yeah. Well, for me, it means that I can support you guys doing what you love, mm. which is so awesome. Um, you guys like pour your heart and soul into this. I think that's so cool. And just being your friend watching you guys grow this over the past, what, like year or two years? Yeah. Um, has been so cool. I remember like we'd all just be hanging out over at Andy's house and they're like, okay, we're going to go record a podcast. And we're all kind of like, what are you doing? Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> what is this? This is when it was in like the really beginning stages. But um, now seeing you guys where you're taking this is like so awesome. And just being able to, to like support you guys in that like makes me so happy because I know like you guys are so supportive of me. And I think it's something mm-hmm. so cool about our friend group is everyone's so supportive of each other and mm-hmm. um, really cares about one another, which like you don't always find like. Sure. My sister and I always say, like, you guys are, like, the brothers we never had, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, like, right. that's what you do for, you, like, your family. You support them. So yes. that's what it means for me, you know, to Appreciate help you guys that. pursue your passion. Hair standing up for that. Thank you. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> Let's yeah. also mention that. Oh, I, I interrupted you. Go for it. I was going to say, like, you were, you offered to us to do the logo. Like, you were doing a school project. Yeah. And you're like, I think it'd be cool if I could help you guys and mm-hmm. do the school project. 
I mean, right away, Declan and I were like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And yeah. you thinking of us in that in that time is just a great instance of how our friend group supports each other. Right. Like when there's something that we can do to bring value to another person, we'll be the first one to say, hey, I'd love to help you with something because I have this. I have to do something. I want to do it for you. Or like, like I have these skills. Like I can mm-hmm. I use them to help you somehow? You yes. know? Yeah. Which was great it's too. Awesome. And even on top of that, it's like, and he's like, yeah, I'd love to help you guys out. And we're like, okay, cool, cool. And then like. Maybe two weeks later, you come back with like, all right, I got a couple, a uh, couple ideas for the logo down there. You're like, okay, and you pull up your sheet of like on Photoshop, <laughs> and there were nine different versions <laughs> yes. of the logo. Yeah. And Andrew and I had never had like seen what well, the logo we made was. I mean, the original logo. Don't get me wrong, it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> but we got we were looking at this stretch and we're like. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome! Yeah, you'd you'd scroll through the next one, each one, and be like, "Yes, that's the," and then you get to the next one, like, "Wait, wait, don't have it now." And then I think it probably took us a good four weeks after that to like actually like narrow it down because right. we were just like we loved everything and we're like, "And we don't know what to do." But uh, thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Um, anything else you want to add? Yeah, to is, that, is it weird to like, or is it weird and is it awesome to see um, something that you created just kind of plastered? everywhere it's super cool i love it i kind of like forget sometimes but when we came here on um for the back pocket party this weekend um i just walked into your backyard and i just saw it everywhere i'm like that's so cool and Mm -hmm. then uh some of the band members were in the shirts too and i'm like that's just so awesome like i'm something that i'm so happy to be a part of and happy to support so do you uh put on your resume no i haven't i do have i have a, a website with like my your portfolio. Online. And we're portfolio in the portfolio. And yes. You're in there. Yep. Sweet. All, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Final question, Ann. Mm-hmm. What did you learn today from the moment you woke up to having this conversation right oh, now? Oh, gosh. This is what I didn't really think about. Good. Good. Well, Faith and I were at the mall today. Okay. Just, you know, walking Great around. Start. You know, just kind of walking and talking. Really no reason to be at the mall at all. Is this Mall of but, America? Oh, yeah. That's the mall. Yeah. That is, oh, sorry, yeah. the mall. Mine. Yeah, I suppose, like, I, I'm just from here. So when you, when you say the mall, it's the It mall took me a while America, to pick yeah. up on that, but yeah. I got it now. Just like the U is Minnesota. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not Miami. <laughs> okay. Okay, yep. But okay, let's continue. Yeah, but we were at the mall, and um, she was saying how one of our old dance teachers told her this piece of advice one time, and it was, you know, wherever you're at, just start building your brand. I thought that was kind of cool to think of like in this day and age, like you kind of are your own brand. You know, a lot of people have their own logos and their own websites and their own mottos and stuff. And um, just kind of thinking, you know, like wherever you're at, just start somewhere, start building. Um, So I thought that was kind of cool, you know? Yes. You can do something wherever you're at. You can start now, but you got to start somewhere. So start building. And what better place to uh, build that brand on the back pocket and more specifically the marketing intern spotlight, which is one of the coolest, like eye opening thing about this that we didn't realize 16 or 16 marketing interns ago was everyone's got their own little brand. Everyone's got their own little audience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you just started or if you don't even know what you want to talk about, like your mom, your dad, your friends, your high school friends, like friends of their friends, they'll all listen. And it's crazy, and we see it all the time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I hope everyone listened to this one. Yes. It was phenomenal. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Anne. We really do appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Cheers. That's a wrap.